So on very rare occasions, I might go into town without my collar. It's very rare. It's usually only when I'm working outside, so you know, you're painting or something, so I'm in a t-shirt and jeans or something, and you need some paint or you need a roll or you need a brush, whatever it is. Uh, so you go into town. I've gone to the hardware store. And it's something I always notice when I go, especially to hardware stores or places like that, without a collar on, is it's then I hear an awful lot more bad language. Uh, it seems somehow that the collar has this kind of kryptonite effect to kind of bad language. You know what I mean? When people see the collar, it just... They just seem somehow less willing anyway, less willing to swear, less willing to use bad words, you know? So it's only when I kind of go in my civvies, then I... And I remember a priest saying before uh, that he had heard a priest's brother of his say that the, the, the collar is a, it's an obstacle, it's a barrier, you know, places a barrier between, you know, lay people and the clergy. Uh, and he asked me, what do I think? And I said, oh, I can't say I agree with that now at all. And there was a third priest in the conversation, and he said, the collar is a magnet. It actually, it draws people to you. It's not the opposite. It doesn't repel people. But people then know, even before you've opened your mouth, they, they know you're a priest, but then they can also see by your behavior if... Uh, if you're a priest worth going to for prayer or for, you know, if you, if you have someone sick at home that you, you need, you, you'd, you'd like to pray for, you have an intention, you have a need, you've, you've lost someone, if a priest is willing to wear a collar, <coughs> there's a greater chance anyway that he's a priest who actually likes his priesthood. Uh, last night I had the privilege of, of going to, to Cork to meet some wonderful young people and to talk with them and get to know them and to, to, to pray with them. And it's just one of those things on the way home in the car, you just go, Jeannie, I love being a priest. Just love this. Like, it's just fantastic. Why don't people like this? Why aren't the seminaries full? It's like the best, I won't, pardon the secular terminology, like, but best job ever. <laughs> you know, it's just, I just, it's just so fantastic to be a priest, right? And just a couple of little points on that, because our gospel here <clears throat> is the Lord saying, the harvest is rich, but the laborers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers to his harvest. Okay, so a couple of things. Firstly, the priesthood, is, it, it's a calling, which means, and we hear that all the time, but even the word vocation, vocare, means to, to, to call. So the priestly vocation, it's not something that's decided solely by us, right? It's God's initiative. God initiates, God calls first, and we, re we respond. Now, we're free to respond yes or no. Initiative. God does the calling, and we respond. And that's so, so important to understand also, like, as regards maybe some of the confusion that's out there now as regards the future of priesthood and if women should or shouldn't be ordained and so on and so forth. Like, we, we have to always do what Jesus did, continue the tradition that Jesus established, knowing that Jesus wasn't conditioned by the culture of his time. That's a very common argument as well, that Jesus only chose men because that was the culture of the time. <clears throat> then you're kind of implying that Jesus was misogynist just like everyone else at the time. Take that up with him, but I, I don't believe that for a second. And, and if you look at the Gospels, he did so many things that were countercultural. Practically everything, actually. You know, healing on the Sabbath, hanging out with prostitutes and tax collectors and foreigners, <clears throat> telling <clears throat> his own people of Israel, nowhere in Israel have I found faith like in this man here, a centurion, a Roman, 
a foreigner. It's like coming to Ireland and saying, oh, wonderful country. I've never found faith greater than in this red coat here. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so provocative. It's, but <clears throat> so to say that he was conditioned by the culture of his time, I just don't buy that for a second. Just the Gospels don't, don't back that up at all. So he knew what he was doing, he did, and he does this deliberately because he wishes to associate priesthood and fatherhood. Priesthood and fatherhood, priesthood and fatherhood. That's, that's, that's like the Lord's mind in this, the Lord's heart in this, is that the priests would be fathers. And so this, this calling then, he, 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 he initiates, he calls, <clears throat> men should respond. And then after that, then there's, there, there's this uh, delicate balance to maintain <clears throat> where as a priest, you do have priestly power, but it's not, it's not temporal power. I mean, it's, not, it's not power to decide things here on the earth, you know, will we, will we resurface the car park, will we build a wall, will we, I don't know, get a new boiler. Fine, set up a subcommittee for that in, in the parish pastoral council if you wish. Who cares? The power that you have that's important is, is, is spiritual power. You have the power to forgive sins, you have the power to celebrate mass. And then in a kind of a non-sacramental way, you, you, just, you simply represent God. When people see you, it, it represent, you represent God to them. So, for example, if you have a low bar in your behavior and in your prayer life, people will say, well, Father Kelly doesn't pray, so why should I? <laughs> Father Kelly gets drunk, so it's all right if I do too. So if we have a low bar, then that's the standard people will, will, will judge their own actions by as well. So, on one hand, you have this, this incredible responsibility of, of this divine power being entrusted to us, and at the same time, you are merely a jar of clay. And, and that's this uh, delicate balance that we have to maintain. We, we've got to maintain the fact that it, we're not doing anyone any justice to say that we priests have no power. Well, then, sure, what's the point of priesthood? Then let's just all be, I don't know, let's all do our thing. Anybody want to say our mass? Anybody? Like, do you know, <laughs> like... Yeah. Do you know, so like, there's no point in order to kind of, mm, I don't know, make everyone feel comfortable just saying that the priests are just like everyone else. Well, they, they are in a sense, yes, we're all human beings, but there's a particular grace entrusted to priests that's only entrusted to priests, right? So that's, that's just, again, if you disagree, take it up with the Lord. Uh, he sends out 12, not 69, not, not 250. There are 12 disciples, then there are, you know, 72. There are numbers chosen and sent out. It's not everyone. And it's not, it's not to say better or worse, or it, you know, that's, that's not what it's about, but the Lord chooses. So, so we, in order to keep people happy, there's no point saying priests have no power. That's just, that's just ridiculous. That's just throwing out 4,000 years of, 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 of tradition in the church. Uh, so let's not do that. But at the same time, it's not that like we're superheroes or super uh, or flawless. You know, we're, we're jars of clay. So we're jars of clay holding an immense treasure, but we're still jars of clay. Uh, so that's, that's why we, we priests have to be aware of our own need for prayer, our own need for grace, our own fragility. Uh, and that's also where the, the collar then becomes a protection, where it's, it's nine times out of ten, it's a protection, in that people see that you're a priest, and so then... Um, there's a certain kind of understanding that certain things are appropriate or inappropriate. It's, it's rare, it can happen, that for some people it actually becomes like, ooh, a priest, a challenge. That's a little more rare. 
but thankfully, thankfully, but um, that doesn't happen so often. But for most people, it's actually it's it's a, it's a great blessing. It's a great sign uh, that the Lord is still calling young men, and men are responding. And this becomes a, a, a sign of that of that of that calling, which we then as priests have to carry with such humility, still recognizing what God has given to us, not denying that that, that, does, that doesn't help anyone. So when the Lord chooses the twelve and sends them out, it's just it's so interesting to see how how easily he commands them to work miracles as if it's nothing. You know, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as you go, proclaim the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. That one's easy. We got that. And as you go, um, cure the sick, you know, raise the dead if you have to, uh, cleanse a few lepers, and cast out devils. Um, sorry, raise the dead? Sorry. Just, you know, as you go and just raise the dead, and um, it's just, it just says it so kind of nonchalantly. Like, it's just, just dropped in there. But like, see, I'm giving you this authority. This, the authority, this power, this grace comes from God. Don't deny that, but don't think it's you. <laughs> don't think it's you when you're passing on the grace. Uh, the Curie of ours, sorry, uh, Saint, uh, Saint Fulton Sheen said uh, that the enemy, Satan, could appear as a priest. He could manifest himself as a priest. But he will never manifest himself as a priest victim. So as a priest who sacrifices himself as a priest who sacrifices himself for love of his people, as a priest who spends time on his knees in prayer, uh, Satan will never appear like that. He can appear as a priest, as a, you know, a good preacher or whatever, well-groomed or whatever it may be, uh, but he will never appear as a priest victim. Priests are called to be like Christ. And Jesus' greatness wasn't just in his preaching or teaching, it was in his self-sacrifice. That's, that's the culmination of his whole priesthood his self-offering on the altar. And so today, let us, let us pray for our priests, and let us pray for future priests, and let us pray for the renewal of the priesthood. The church needs priests. There's no way around that. And any idea to the contrary is not Catholic. You know, to imagine a church without priests, that's not Catholic. That's not the way that the Lord set up the church. So we need priests. We need them now. So let's answer the Lord's command here. The harvest is rich, but the laborers are few. So ask, ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers to his harvest. Amen.